be blessed. Well, this morning, our senior pastor Cameron is not with us. You may have noticed that he is not here. Um, he is actually ministering in Baltimore today at the church that the Frenthways currently attend. So that's kind of a cool connection. So we just want to take a moment and pray for Cameron as he ministers. Um, he may even be preaching right now. I'm not sure what time their service is at. But let's just um, take a moment and pray for Cameron. And then um, we'll invite Adam to come up and preach this morning. So join with me in prayer. Father God, we just pray for Cameron and for Kathy and the family as they're in Baltimore this weekend. God, we just pray that there would be the richest of blessing for Cameron and his family, and also for the church in Baltimore as he ministers your word this morning. God, I just pray it would just be a, a wonderful time in your presence, God, and there would be a richness to what is happening in that service this morning. In your name we ask it. Amen. I'd like to invite Adam to come up and preach. Adam's the youth pastor here at New Day, so give him a hand and welcome him this morning. All right, thank you. I'm going to get a taller stand. Yeah, it doesn't go higher than this. This one doesn't go higher than that, but that's okay. A little bit better. All right, well, happy Father's Day. Can we have all the fathers in the congregation stand up? All right. I look around at those of you standing and I see that our church is rich with good fathers. Let's just take a minute and, and uh, pray for them. If you're around a father, please stretch out your hand and just agree with me. Lord, I thank you for the fathers you have given this church, that you have given New Day Community. Father, I thank you so much for the love that, that, that you have for them and the love that you, that you use in them and to, to bless their families and to bless their children. And Father, I pray right now that you would uh, just speak identity into them, that they can speak identity into their families, regardless of the age of their children. Lord, I pray that you would use them to speak into their children's life. Father, that you would uh, use them this week and that you'd continue to use them the rest of their lives. Father, pour into them right now. Let them fulfill the destiny that you created for them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless you, fathers. You know, I just felt as I was uh, praying for, uh, for you guys that, uh, I don't know, I just, I just felt like God was saying, it's not too late. There might be, and I don't know who that's for here, but um, maybe as a father there's some regrets in your life. It's not too late. It's not too late to change that. So whoever that's for, take it. Go live out your destiny as a father. All right. So, um, like I said, our church has some great fathers in it, and I really believe that is because of the relationship that they have with our Father in heaven, the perfect Father. And uh, you can't be a great father without having relationship with the Father. It's just, it's just impossible. And uh, as coincidence would have it, we're going to talk about our Heavenly Father today. thought I'd bring God into, into it. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk a little bit about the, the Father's heart today, which I know there's been a lot of teachings on in the past, and something that God's been showing me is a, is a little bit different than teachings that I've heard, and so I hope it's, I hope it's good for you. Uh, but before we get started, I just wanna pray, because I feel like this message is for the heart, but unfortunately, we have to hear it through the head. 
And uh, sometimes it gets messed up and it never makes it to the heart. And uh, so I'm just going to pray that, that God works that out. So, Father, I pray right now that you would open up the hearts of people in this congregation that need to hear this word. Father, from what, from what is of you, Lord, I pray that, that your word would be communicated and hearts would receive what you have to say. Lord, that our heads would not get in the way, but that we would hear your truth and the core of our being would identify with what you are saying today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to talk about engaging the heart of the Father, which uh, is an exciting thing. Uh, it's, it's going to be about going beyond just having a relationship with God, going beyond just having a relationship with the Father, but living out the purpose of that relationship. And uh, like for an example, in, in marriage, you know, Tara and I have a relationship in our marriage. And if we're focused on, okay, how can I make this better for me? How can I fix these problems that we have? I, I want this marriage to work. Is one thing, and, and you, you can work through problems that way. But if we walk out our identity and our destiny that we are created to be individually and as a couple, if our focus is on, is on God, our, uh, our relationship serves a purpose. And in serving that purpose, our marriage becomes better and, and problems get worked out just because we're being who we're supposed to be and we're living out of purpose and we actually become closer. And uh, so the desire for, for uh, becoming closer is fulfilled in living out of purpose. I hope that makes sense. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about how that relates to God. As Christians, we all have a relationship with the Father, with Father God, and our hearts connect with the Father's heart. Uh, for me personally, and I, I think for a lot of Christians, when we think about connecting with the Father's heart, we think about our relationship with the Father, which is a really, really great revelation to have. If you haven't had a, a strong revelation of what the Father's heart is, it's a powerful, life-changing thing that you need to embrace. There's lots of teachings on that. Go check it out. Read some books about it. It's good. Uh, but for me, that's what, I, that's what I focus on, how much God loves me, his absolute unconditional love, how that transforms my life, how I am accepted completely 100% by him. That's really good. So good, in fact, that I focus on that pretty much whenever I hear about the Father, heart of God. That's what I'm thinking about. Wow, God is so good. I'm accepted. I have this relationship with the perfect Father. But in doing that and focusing on that, I can miss the rest of what is on the Father's heart because there actually is more on the Father's heart than just me, as it turns out. So um, I think different people can be drawn to different aspects of the Father's heart. And, you know, God's huge. His heart can have many, many different things. Maybe there's a um, somebody that's drawn to, um, like, the relationship aspect, like I said, or maybe to, to mercy ministry that's on God's heart, or to evangelism, or to worship, or something like that. And kind of like the pathways that Cameron talked about a few months ago, I think we all connect to different aspects of the Father's heart. And uh, But all these areas have one thing in common in the Father's heart. They all have love is the driving force behind all the areas of the Father's heart. Every Everything that consumes the Father's heart, everything that he thinks about that's important to him is driven by this love. And uh, <clears throat> that love is something that we can't comprehend, right? As humans, we can't comprehend the love that Father God has. It's just beyond us. We're not capable, and that's okay. You know, a reality to life is the more that we love, the more we open ourselves up to potential heartbreak, and uh, 
I mean, many of you guys know that's true. That's 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 part of a loving relationship. There's a there's a danger there of getting hurt, of heartbreak. And just like God's love is filled with a, or God's heart is filled with a love that we can't comprehend, it's filled with a heartache that we can never comprehend and never understand, fully understand. We're not capable of grasping the extent of the Father's love for for us and for all mankind, and we're not capable of grasping this heartbreak and the pain that He endures because He loves so much. So you know, the closer you are to someone, the more what they experience affects you. Now, there's a there's kind of a, a silly example, but a true example in my life of this. Um, I, I like the Chicago Cubs, and I work them into any sermon that I ever do, pretty much. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. But anyway, it's another issue for another time. But uh, Tara loves me. And when the Cubs lose... I get frustrated and upset. If they lose for like a hundred years, it's, it drains on a person. Uh, and it's, it's frustrating. And Tara loves me, and she sees my frustration, and she shares that frustration with me. And she, she shares that sadness with me when the, when the Cubs lose. You know, if I wasn't in her life, she really wouldn't care if the Cubs won or lost. But she cares about me. And, and she, you know, I'll tell her, oh, the Cubs lost again today. And she'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she'll, and she'll genuinely feel bad for me. And she'll connect with the emotion that I'm feeling because she's close to me and she loves me. And a more, a more serious example, when, um, two years ago, when my dad died, I had friends that didn't know my dad, that didn't have relationship with him. But they suffered when he died because I suffered. And they loved me. And that relationship that I had with them caused them pain because they were close to me and I was in pain, so they were in pain. So the closer we are to someone, the more what they experience affects us. Um, So the closer we are to the Father, the more our hearts align with Him. And sometimes He allows us to feel a little bit of His heartbreak and a little bit of His sorrow. And sometimes when the Father's heart breaks, He allows our heart to break a little bit which is a really strong and powerful thing. <clears throat> you know, as humans, we cannot bear all that grieves God's heart, but He has a part of His heart that He wants to share specifically with you. That's how our relationship with God works. He has something that He has for you, part of His heart that He wants you to understand a little bit and wants you to grasp a little bit. And, um, and it's good. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what God has shared with me in this, when I've seen his heart, when I've seen the Father's heart, and looked beyond just my relationship with him, what else is on the Father's heart? Um, the Father's heart is consumed with his children who are lost or in poverty, is what God's been showing me. And this whole idea of poverty, both in the natural and in the spiritual, uh, is grieving to the Father, is heartbreaking to the Father. And when I talk about spiritual poverty, I'm talking about uh, people that don't know God, they don't know the truth, they don't have spiritual food, they don't have hope in their life, they don't have any relationship with Him. They're spiritually poor. And the natural poverty, obviously, are those that, that are lacking, that don't have food, that don't have shelter. Both these areas, both in the natural and in the spiritual, are heartbreaking to God. And His heart, the Father's heart, is consumed with these things. <clears throat> I saw a film uh, last week 
put out by Hillsong United, and uh, it was it's pretty good. But one of the things in it was talking about the the poor children in, in other nations, and it's just showing some kids that are struggling to have food for that day or for that week, and sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't, and and it's heartbreaking. It, we know that stuff exists. We've, we all see the, the specials on TV or the, the commercials, and, and, and we know that stuff's out there. But if we really connect with that, if we really think about that, put it, realize those are real pe- people, it's heartbreaking. And, uh, and it was grieving me, and, and God was saying, that's good. That grieves me too. That breaks my heart too. And he also showed me kind of a, a spiritual parallel with that is – here we are in church, and we have the, the richness, the goodness of a relationship with God and knowing Him and having tools to, to get to know Him better and surrounded by a Christian fellowship. And, and we're getting fed on a regular basis uh, spiritually. But here we are surrounded in the world by people that are struggling, struggling to find a scrap of truth, struggling to find a scrap of meaning, struggling to find life. And, and they're dying. They're dying spiritually. And God kind of showed me both those things. Both those things grieve grieve Him tremendously, and they break His heart. So we're going to talk a little bit about the lost, about people that do not know that do not know the Father. Now, as a father of uh, of two, if one of my boys was lost, I would totally treasure, you know, the one that I have, I would love completely and treasure and be so thankful I still have. But my mind, my my whole being would be consumed thinking about the one that was lost. Does that make sense? Like, how could you think about anything else except for where is my lost child? And that's a little bit like how the father feels about his children that he created that are lost. The Bible talks a lot about that kind of stuff, ironically. In uh, Luke 15:4, it says, "If you had this is Jesus talking. If you had 100 sheep, and one of them strayed away and was lost in the wilderness, wouldn't you leave the 99 others and go and search for the one lost until you found it? And then you would joyfully carry it home on your shoulders. When you arrived, you would call together your friends and neighbors to rejoice with you because your lost sheep was found. In the same way, heaven will be happier." over one lost sinner who returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. This is a glimpse into the Father's heart. He's consumed with the one, the one that is not taken care of, the one that is lost. This is what occupies his mind. Um, In that same chapter is the story of the prodigal son. And uh, many of you are probably familiar with that. The younger son, he takes his inheritance, his estate early, asks, asks if he can have it. The father gives it to him. He goes out on his own. He blows it. He spends it on all the wrong things. He doesn't have any money left. He hits rock bottom. He's eating out of a, a pig's trough, and he realizes, you know, I should go back to my father, beg for forgiveness. My, ser- my father's servants have it better than this. Maybe I can live the life of a servant. Decides to go back to his father, and, and we know it's a happy ending. The father receives him, loves him, embraces him, gives him the best robe, throws a party for him. And, uh, and that's, a really, that's a really powerful story. But something that stood out for me this time as I was going back over it, in uh, Luke 15:20, it says, So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. 
While he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. So to me, this paints a picture of the father waiting and looking out, looking for his son. So how many days was the father, you know, just looking, waiting for his son, and he didn't show? I think this, to me, this shows like the father is, is always thinking about his son, always looking, always watching. And then that day, the day he came, he was so excited he was able to run out and meet him. And I think that, it sh- again, shows us a glimpse of the father's heart longing for his his children to return, longing for those lost children to come back to him. You know, a few, uh, I guess it was probably a few years ago, Cameron used to share every week, he'd say there's 150,000 people that do not attend church regularly within a 20-minute drive of this church. Anybody remember him saying that? He still says it from time to time, but there's a period of time where he said it every week. And uh, he'd say it again and again and again. And I got the impression people were begin, beginning to ask him about it because one Sunday he kind of explained why he says it over again. And uh, he choked up a little bit and he said, Every time I look into Jesus' eyes, that is all I see is that 150,000 people that do not know him. And that really impacted me because when I look into Jesus' eyes or when I look to the Father's heart, it's usually about me. Like, oh, look what I've been struggling with. Can you help me through this? Or, oh, just love me. I've been having such a hard time. And uh, these tests have been intense. Please relieve my stress. And I'm not really, I don't see anything else. I'm seeing a God that loves me, which is true and good, and we need to embrace. Because that is, that we need to embrace that before we can go on and do anything else. But if that's all we ever see, we're missing something. And that really hit me when, when, when Cameron shared that. So, you know, I'm not completely there yet by any means understanding God's heart for the lost, for his lost children. But, you know, since I've started thinking along those lines, God starts communicating to me in ways that are, that are helpful to me, you know, ways that I understand. Um, one way, with my boys, uh, I have two sons, and they're an absolute treasure to me. And uh, every new experience that I get to do with them uh, is just so much fun and brings so much joy into my life. And just having that father relationship to them helps me better understand how the father feels. And and uh, he wants to have that relationship with everyone, and he doesn't. And how heartbreaking that must be. Um, I've had God share his heart with me through film, through movies. I've, I've been watching movies that, you know, they're not Christian movies. They don't really have anything to do with salvation per se. But God's showing me something in the movie. And, and sometimes I've been brought to tears in movies that, you know, you wouldn't think that would happen. But God's sharing his heart with me. He's, he's Because I've opened myself up to it a little bit, he's like, this is my heart. And he's using that as kind of a parable or a tool to, to touch me and, and show me about his heart for the lost. Same thing with uh, with books. You know, God can use books. And also God can go even more more personal um, to communicate the heart of a loving father. Many of you know that Tara and I, for years, have had adoption on our hearts. And specifically, we'd love to adopt a, a daughter from China someday. That's, that's been on our heart. We went to China almost 10 years ago. And uh, it's been on our heart ever since to adopt a, a girl from there. And China's a country where... Males are valued above females, especially children and babies. And there's horror stories about things that happen to to female babies, and uh, especially in the areas of the country where the government mandates only one child. If it's not a male, they get rid of it. And um, 
It's a terrible thing. Tara and I have a heart to rescue a, uh, a daughter from that. And I don't, I don't talk about that a lot because it's really emotional for me. You know, I don't know my future daughter at all. Um, I do know that if we adopt from China, there's a lot of red tape, and she could be three, four, five years old before we get her. She could be alive right now. Um, but I, I don't know what she's going to experience before we see her, uh, before she knows that she has a loving father, before she knows that she's wanted, before she knows that she's not rejected. What is she going to experience in this in this country that devalues her very identity? And it's just terrible to think about uh, <clears throat> all the things that could happen to her and what she has to experience in those defining years, those young years. And again, that's a small taste of the father's heart for his children. Only he created his children. You know, I don't know my daughter. You know, I have, a, I have some love in my heart for, for this future daughter, but the father created his children. He knows them inside and out. He is completely in love with them. He knows every detail of their life. And uh, <clears throat> I can only imagine what my future daughter is going to go through but God sees every painful experience that his children bring themselves through. And he sees every wretched and terrible thing that they put themselves through. And, and they don't know him. They don't know that they have love. They don't know that they have hope. <clears throat> and uh, if I could only communicate to my future daughter, like how great would it be if she exists today, if there's some way to communicate to her, I'm here, I love you, you are accepted. It's going to be okay. If there's some way that she could know that right now, that would just be the greatest thing ever. If that could be communicated. And, you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what the father wants to tell his children. And we get, to be, we get to be the messengers. We get to be the ones to communicate that message. Now, think about this. If, how fun would it be to go to, you know, China or to India or to some country in some poor orphanage where children have been completely abandoned you know, I've I've been to um, AIDS orphanages in in India where there's tons and tons and tons of kids and only a couple workers there, and they just don't get any attention. And the babies have learned not to cry because it doesn't. There's nothing comes from crying, so they're just quiet, um, and it's it's heartbreaking. But imagine being able to go to this orphanage and and communicate to the orphans and tell them, you know, you're not actually orphans. We've located your family. They love you. They want to have relationship with you. They want to be with you. This isn't the life you have to leave. Come, come on. Let's go. Let's take you to your family. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, who wouldn't want to do that? Who wouldn't want to do that? Okay, so we kind of have that opportunity, guys. <laughs> there's, there's people that don't know their loving father. See, the trick is they don't know their orphans either, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> but the reality is that they are. The reality is that they are. And they're not complete, and they're completely broken. And we have a, a loving father, their loving father, that we can introduce them to. If we can grasp the father's heart for the lost, it, it leads to a different view of evangelism. You know, evangelism doesn't have to be out of obligation. I'm going to tell these people about Jesus and save them from eternity away from God because I probably should. And I feel like 
that's kind of where we are as Christians sometimes. I really, this person's life is really messed up. I probably should share the gospel with them. That those thoughts, maybe I'm the only one that's had those thoughts. That's okay. Um, but sometimes those the it, it is an obligation. It seems like that's kind of what we should do. But you know, if we engage with the Father's heart for the lost, if we're actually connected to, to if we get a taste of how He sees the lost, it's no longer about obligation. You know, the father heart, the father's heart breaks for his lost children, so my heart breaks, and I can't help but to act because I am breaking up inside because I'm, I'm connecting a little bit to how much pain he feels from his lost children. That's what it could be. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not there yet. That's what I want. That's what I'm going for. And uh, <clears throat> what would that look like if we were engaged with the father's heart for the lost? What would that look like in our lives? something to think about. There's a difference when we're engaged. All right, I want to talk also <clears throat> about the poor and needy, the poverty and the natural. We talked about spiritual poverty. How do we know what's on the Father's heart? How do we know what, what He cares about? Is there any, like, thing written down that we can, like, read? <laughs> God knew what He was doing. He gave us the Bible. So this was very helpful for my teaching. Uh, so there's some things in the Bible that are repeated over and over and over again, and that usually means that it's really important. I think we can take that as, wow, that's something that's close to the Father's heart if he thinks it's important enough to say again and again and again. And there are verses throughout the entire Bible that talk about the poor and looking out for the poor and looking out for the needy and looking out for those that, that don't have anyone to help them in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And there's a lot of really good ones. Um, you know, I just did a quick search, and there's like 200-some passages. I was like, okay, well, that's, that's too many to read. And so then I narrowed it down to 22, which is still way too many to read. So I'm just going to read a couple that um, I thought were really good. But there's tons of them, and I encourage you um, to, to look them up on, on your own time. Uh, Psalm 72.12 says, He will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and the needy, and he will rescue them. He will save them from oppression and from violence, for their lives are precious to him. So that's the Father's heart right there. Their lives are precious to him. This is what he's going to do. He cares about the needy. Proverbs 21.13, Whoever stops his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. So that's really intense. It's, it's easy to, to ignore the plight of, of the poor in our, in our own town, in our own country, on the other side of the world. It's easy to ignore that. But man, this is pretty devastating scripture. If we do ignore that, um, we're not going to be heard. Our cries aren't going to be heard, is what this tells us. Um, lots of verses encouraging people to give to the poor. I'm not going to get into it all for uh, time's sake. There's a verse in Isaiah 58. Uh, verses 2 through 11 that talks about uh, the church worshiping and wondering how come God's not impressed is what the New Living Translation says. And, and he responds and says, that's not the worship I'm looking for. That's not the fasting I'm looking for. Along with that should come taking care of the, the poor and the needy and the hungry. And uh, that, that is what he's looking for in worship and in fasting. Uh, Jeremiah 22.15, this is referring to King Josiah. It says, Because he was just and right in all of his dealings, that is why God blessed him. 
He made sure that justice and help were given to the poor and needy, and everything went well for him. Isn't that what it is? Isn't that what it means to know me? Asked the Lord. So let me read part of that again. It says, He made sure that justice and help were given to the poor and needy. Isn't that what it means to know me? Asked the Lord. So do we know God? Do we know the Lord? Do we know the Father's heart? It says Josiah did just because of what he did to the poor, because that is the Father's heart. All right, there's lots more that I was going to read that I'm not going to, but um, there's some good stuff in Daniel. Um, Jesus talks about the poor, give all your belongings to the poor. He told the rich young ruler. Um, in Luke 14, it says, But when you make a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you shall be blessed, for they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Uh, okay, just a couple more that are really good. In Galatians 2.9, this is uh, Paul talking. He said, In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were all known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. The only thing they suggested was that we remember to help the poor. And I have certainly been eager to do that. Okay, so Peter, James, and John, these people walked with Jesus. They knew Jesus. Their only advice to Paul, remember the poor. That's what they told him. That's the only, that, that was their only advice to him. So that seems like a pretty, pretty important deal. You know, last week, Cameron read the scripture in Matthew 25 about to the least of these. You guys remember that? Anybody remember? Um, I'm just going to read part of that. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, this is Jesus talking again. Okay, where are we? Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So again, obviously, this is close to the Father's heart. And when we serve the least of these, we are, we are serving Jesus. And Cameron touched on that last week when we were talking about serving. <clears throat> this is an area throughout the whole Bible the poor is talked about. And I know in my Christian life, I haven't walked that out. I mean, there's, I've, given, I've given the people in need, I've given the charities and stuff, but my life isn't defined with the weight that the Bible puts on the lost, that the Father's heart puts on the lost and on, on, on poverty, in the natural and in the spiritual. My life isn't defined by that. And uh, it's convicting for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, giving in, to the poor does not necessarily mean giving money. You can give your time. You can give your knowledge. It just means helping them, being there for them. You know, we're equipped to help people spiritually, and we know we're supposed to evangelize. We're equipped to help people practically, too, especially in the United States. I mean, a lot of us are going through a tough time financially, but really it's nothing compared to the majority of the world, which I know doesn't mean anything when, when it, you can't pay your bills. That's still a really hard time. 
But we are, we are blessed. We are blessed in this country. And we're equipped to help people practically. We really are. Whether that means locally or on a mission trip or both, it really needs to be a lifestyle. If we're going to connect with the Father's heart for the poor and for the needy, that will change our lives. It won't just be something, oh, that's, I did a mission trip when I was a teenager. That was great. I gave to the needy and, you know, it's 20 years ago, but that's not connecting with the Father's heart because he had that heart then, but he did, he does now too, and he always will. He has a heart for the poor. Can we connect with that? What would our life look like if we did that? All right, moving on. Okay, when we engage the Father's heart, our passion for the lost and for the, the needy is going to increase. And this passion should lead us to pray. This passion should lead us to action. But, you know, true change will not take place until we recognize the value that the Father puts on his lost children and on his needy children. We need to see them as who they are. They are the Father's children. They are the King's children. And we should never think of them as less than that. They're children who are hurt and dying and need to be connected with their Father. We have the privilege to serve them. We have the privilege to introduce them to their loving Father. So um, I want to challenge you guys and challenge myself to, to think about this week a gift that we can give our Father, our Heavenly Father, a gift that touches His heart. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'm not... Hopefully I didn't make anybody feel bad today. I'm not trying to, like, say, oh, you're not doing enough, because that's not what this is about. And just break off condemnation in Jesus' name, because that's not what this is. This is about getting to know your Father more. This is about living out the purpose of your relationship with your Father and knowing Him better and, and enjoying that relationship more, becoming more intimate with Him and understanding His heart more. And this stuff just is fruit of that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I just want to encourage you guys to engage with the Father's heart. This is what I, I experienced. This is what He shared with me, the, the poverty spiritually and, and, uh, and the natural. Uh, that's, he shared that that's on his heart, that that consumes his heart, that that breaks his heart. But see what you experience when you engage with the Father's heart. Um, like I said, we can't bear all that's on the Father's heart. The love is too intense. The heartbreak is too intense. Uh, however, he has a part of his heart that he wants to share specifically with you. This might be a specific individual that his heart is breaking for, that he wants to, you to just have a taste of that to understand. Or maybe there's a specific mercy ministry he wants to share with you, or uh, uh, general evangelism, or any number of things. Like I said, the Father's heart is huge, but there, he's got a part that he wants to share specifically with you. So in just a minute, we're going we're gonna to pray real briefly about that, but I want to encourage you guys this week, seek out God on your own. Ask him, Father, what part of your heart would you like to share with me? You know, we can choose to live our lives immersed in the things that occupy the Father's heart, which is really exciting to me. That might take a lot of work. It might take a lot of sacrifice. But can you imagine what it would be like to, to be immersed your whole life in the things that occupy the Father's heart, to have our burdens line up with the burdens of the Father? That's when true connection comes, when our hearts are aligned and our hearts are in the same spot. We're going to have an understanding of Him that we don't have if we come to that place. So if you'll just take a few minutes with me, or we're not even going to take a few minutes, even less than that. I'm just going to pray and, uh, and ask that, that God would communicate to us a, a little bit, just a little bit of his heart. So Father, right now, 
Lord, we just come to you. And Lord, I pray that anything spoken today that was not of you would just be removed and gone. And Lord, I ask that you would share your heart. God, what do you have for us specifically? Lord, if you want to share your heart for the lost or your heart for the, the, the poor and the needy, God, I pray that you would impart that right now to the, to the people in this room that need it, the people in this room that you have destined to, to connect with you in that way, or whatever way that you have destined for each person in this room to connect with you. Lord, I pray that right now your spirit would come, Father, and there would be a connection with you. There would be an openness to your heart right now. In Jesus' name. We're just going to wait for like 30 seconds. If you if you heard something or you felt something or you had an image in your mind, I encourage you to write it down. Pray about it this week. Chances are there's more to it. Um, when God's sharing His heart, a lot of times He isn't just like, boom, there's my heart because we'd be on the floor. And that does happen sometimes. But chances are that's not happening right now. But He might have sparked something in your heart. Now you have a choice. Am I going to ignore it or am I going to take time to dig deeper and, and maybe connect with the Father in this way? So that's up to you guys for this week. Uh, <clears throat> so if we learn to engage with the Father's heart, we are fulfilling the purpose of our relationship with Him and we can experience an intimacy with Him like we've never known. So I encourage you guys to check it out. Ask God. He wants to share more with you. Amen? All right, Sarah has some announcements. Thanks, Adam. That was awesome.